What's something that you cannot understand until it happens to you? And if you're of a if you're of an age where you've had one of those where you've experienced it, you've probably had it where you're like, I get it. You don't need to tell me that I I don't understand. I understand. You probably have had the experience where you go, oh, I guess I didn't completely understand. Anyone have anything that comes to mind? Yeah, everything involving parenting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, really, like yeah. you can get it. You understand the concept. But until you spend six weeks in a row not sleeping all night and mm-hmm. all that stuff that goes along with it, it's so exhausting. Well, it's and- just a different level, even from like, I don't care if you burn both ends of the candle in college or whatever, mm-hmm. having a newborn and that responsibility and not sleeping is just, you can't understand it till you do it. It's just like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Right. Cause there's no break. Cause then when you're home no. the next day, it never yeah. stops. Yeah. And it's one, and everything that everyone tells you, all of the advice that you get, it's all that advice that it may work. It may, it may have worked perfectly for the person that gave you that advice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need to get this one gadget, this one thing, this one, mm-hmm. you know, binky, boppy, blipply, whatever. Yeah. It's going to be the best. And then you get it. And, ah, it didn't really work. Mm-hmm. The, um, the worry you have is unlike anything else for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and oh, it, it yeah, makes you, sense. You assume every night when you put them to bed that you're going to come back the next day and, uh, and, uh, Something bad has happened. Something yeah. bad has happened, yeah. or they're missing. That was, and then they for go me, to- that was that was the one thing. Every night we'd put, I mean, not so much with Nicholas, but we'd put Evelyn to bed because that was her first child, and I'd be like, I gotta go check. I gotta yeah. make sure. Make Can't sure sleep with the windows open anymore. Make sure she's still in there. Um, one eight hundred nine four seven thirty nine seventy nine. Working in customer service. Working for people, (laughs) like working for a customer to help somebody, whether it's picking out a meal because you're a waitress or waiter or because you work in a little shop, people talk to you like you are not a human sometimes. It's like, I'm a person too. Don't forget that when you're telling me that you don't know why your card's getting declined and you're yelling at me for Mm -hmm. it or whatever. A lot of people are great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's plenty that spoil the mix. I always try to, I I feel like I always try a little bit harder with people that are in the mm-hmm. service industry, yeah. especially so if somebody's coming up to the table to take our order, like take that extra second to be like, how are you? How's the, how's the day been? Everything good? Mm-hmm. I stack my plate too. So that way when they I come up too. to the table, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've done this before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I see you. Yeah. 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 I, I want to impress the former, waiter. Former waiter bus boy this. here. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I get it. This, I know this only makes your life easier for like 2.5 seconds, and I might not even have stacked it the way you yeah. like, but I'm trying. I yeah. put the plate with all the sauces on the top and yeah. not the bottom. Yeah. That is, oh, it squishes out like a pancake. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Text it, from Nashville. As a new parent and a registered nurse, parenting is easier than working at bedside of patients. I'm going to take your word for it because I bet that working at the bedside of patients is something that I could never understand. No. Well, yeah, because your baby, you made it and you care about it. Well, plus your Patients, baby, you would care, but it's different. Your baby eventually <laughs> is going to develop its own routine. So you're going to know kind of, oh, I know what that cry means, or I know that this is the time that they want to mm-hmm. eat or something with patience. Babies can't help it. It's a complete wild card, <laughs> right? When babies are a-holes, they yeah. can't help it. Yeah, and babies can't talk. 
which mm-hmm. is nice. So like sometimes, sometimes yeah. you can just let them cry it out too, which is nice. But you ignore a patient, you get fired for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Josh, they, they don't care for that. Josh listening on K-Rock in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I have a kid that's 16 months old, born with special needs. My wife pumps for milk, and I feed her around the clock when I'm home. I work for the railroad, so I get to be home every night. Work schedule is 7 to 7, and I average about three hours of sleep a day, worried constantly and trying Ooh. to figure things out. Oh, yeah. God. Man. Uh, yeah, that would definitely be something. Like, even as a parent, I can't understand special needs parents. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's different, and yep. I know that. Like, I know, I I know how hard it is when like everything is healthy the way that you expect mm-hmm. it to be, and when things are yeah, thrown off, man. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can't fathom that. I think a lot <laughs> of sensations too. Like, you can't you can explain like for me, like a roller coaster. But until you go on it, like everybody's sensation is different. For me, obviously, it's mm-hmm. or it's awful. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but I couldn't tell until I did one, and it wasn't even a big one. I was like, I hate every part of this. <laughs> My stomach feels bad. What was the one that you went on? Was it anything that we would? Was it just like a little county fair type thing, or was it the, at the biggest ones I've ever done? I've done a couple, like the one at Hershey Park. I have done a couple of those where they're just that was an old wooden one, but yeah. it's not particularly oh, huge. Are the worst. Well, there it's oh, bump- slammed around it, so much. Bu- oh. Yeah, it's definitely bumpy, but it's not like I, I've never liked being upside down, even on the ground. Like as a kid, when like uncle would pick you up, and I was like, I hated that sensation <laughs> of being upside down. So I know I couldn't handle that. Like just doing a regular up and down coaster is like that's enough, mm-hmm. and I can barely stand that. Your brain's but, like, they still, they still. For the record, yeah, compared to the other roller coasters at Hershey Park, Hot Wings went on the benign Twinkie. Um, I went on, I went on the lowest one that's considered an adult version. Like that one was super old, and like when it came out, people said things like, "Wow, that one really takes me to tip a canoe and dial a two. Look at this one go! Oh boy, I could really feel the wind in my paper hat." It might, it might have been America's first roller coaster. I don't know. I mean, it was. Yeah, if anything like else, the, the like, dervish. we stole the idea for this one from Coney Island. People have been partying there for three years. I yeah. just like how Hot Wings barometer for scary is it? Uh, upside down uncle picking up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the thing with the roller coaster guy. No, I know it's not the what's, same. That's what's this the roller thing? coaster called? The upside down uncle. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, you Would you go on a ride no, called the Upside you Down Uncle? Not okay, go on that roll. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, that is for creeps. Yeah, don't oh go on that God. ride. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a picture of a creepy guy with like with a finger going, "Come here." <laughs> yeah. and, it, now, and the other like, finger on the end of his mustache. <laughs> like every girl that gets on before she rides has to put a skirt on. Yeah. <laughs> and the floor's a mirror. Yeah. yeah. That, that day that Hot Wings went on that one, there I can't remember the names of any of them, but uh, me and Joe and Eric kept going on one that one at Hershey Park, oh where God. it basically felt like you were riding a bar stool down a hill at a thousand <laughs> yeah. miles an hour. Yeah, you were st- oh, it was a stand-up one, wasn't it? No, you were seated on a chair, but your but feet you were, were just upright. dangling, yeah, okay. and you were upright. And yeah, that first hill was downhill and a curve at about forty-five degrees. And uh, yeah, that it, was it. Felt insane. It felt like you were going to just fly off and smash into a pool. Watching that, that from yeah. the ground was nauseating. <laughs> like because I can at least put myself in the situation enough to imagine and go, "Oh my god, <laughs> bodies aren't meant to do that." 
I hope my friends will be okay. <laughs> it's going to be a lonely flight home yeah. by myself yeah. <laughs> with the remains of my dead friends. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. This text, they I'm understanding. never gone on the upside down uncle. <laughs> no one ever should. I, this uh, text, now I understand why Hot Wings' form of party is I did some yard work and moved some sticks. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I find that sat- very satisfying. A lot of the things people sending in are... Um, I mean, they're really, they're difficult things you know you'll go through. But like uh, one I, I said to you guys, and I said it to a lot of my friends who had gone through divorces, I was never supportive yeah. enough during that time because I just didn't know how much it, I could have helped or how much it would have been well received or needed, I yeah. guess. How long yeah. um, can because be of all the kindness I received. I, I felt I had a lot of guilt. So I'm like, God, people are doing so many great things for me. I don't think I've done enough. Yeah, you just don't get it. It pays to be the last one to get divorced in your group of friends. I mean, there's still some that could, but I think they're through the through the weeds. Me and Steve over here. No, that's not what I meant. Oh, yeah. Okay. I meant like in my age group or whatever. Gotcha. I'm older than you. Yeah, a couple of years. But if you get divorced, Steve, I don't want you to. But if you do, you're there for me. Lean on me when you're yeah. not strong. Yeah, we'll know. <laughs> I'll be your friend. I'll show you how to house shop. I'll help Sweet. you carry on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hobbies, will tell you how to, Hobbies will tell you, teach you how to buy a house and not tell anyone for 18 months. <laughs> yeah. And I'll teach you how to buy a house and Very tell good. everyone before it's closed. <laughs> teach me how to set up my hinge Opposite profile. Opposite sides of the coin right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guess what happened to me? This is what happened. <laughs> well, guys, 12 years ago, I had a baby. What? You have a 12-year-old? Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said you can't. Uh, grief. You don't understand real grief until you're buried in it. Like, um, and they're, they're referring to in this case, I I'm assuming is people who say, well, all right, it's been a while time to get over it and move on. Grief decides when you get over it and move on. Yeah. When my best friend died and people would tell you like time heals all wounds, I would say it's really unfortunate. You've never loved somebody like this. And that was my only response because it's like that's not true. No, it's just no, not. It doesn't no. heal. I mean, over time you'll get learn different. to cope with it. Yeah, but yeah, it's different. It is different. Yeah, but it was it was such an obvious thing. Like maybe you do love somebody this much and you just haven't lost them yet. But man, that like just feeling like you lost a huge chunk of your life. That was terrible. And yeah. the last thing you wanted to hear was, "Well, time will make it better." Shut up. Yeah, that's when people yeah. just want to have something to say, but they don't know what else to say, so they say that. Yeah, I, like it. at least bring me a casserole or something if you're going to say something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> bring me something with noodles in it. Time doesn't heal all wounds, but casseroles Ooh, do. Oh, yes, it does. Um, It do. I don't want to do that one. Uh, a lot of people saying how bad pregnancy is, and a lot of people accusing other women of holding out on the truth. Um, via text awful. and on, on the article where I saw this, people saying women don't tell other women the bad parts because uh, then a lot of people are saying, I don't know why, if it's uh, like some sort of deep protection of the species or what. Because they judge you if you don't buy into it. And it's well, that's probably true, right? Yeah. Uh, like you're selfish if you don't want to go through hell and back to bring. Is that do you more- get that sense when you tell people you're not interested in having kids? I think so. They're just like, you'll change your mind. And it's like, well, why should I? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so rude when people say that. Yeah. Because imagine if somebody's like, yeah, I want five kids. Oh, you'll change your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so rude. <laughs> Actually, I won't change my mind. But when, especially when you think of pregnancy and you don't think of it as this beautiful thing, 
I think especially women who have been pregnant feel bad about that. Like I'm not connected to this pregnancy. I'm not connected to this baby. And no, it's not that it's, you know, your whole body's like hosting something that's taking it over. It's okay to feel overwhelmed and like you don't care for Mm -hmm. it. It's fine. The, the women who are extremely happy and love being pregnant, that is mind blowing. Them, yeah. yeah, that there's is. A, yeah, there's yeah. some of they're them. They're the unicorns. Everybody mm-hmm. else who's like, this was the hardest thing in the history of Earth. Listen to me, acting like I know about childbirth. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, maybe it's one of those things though, too, that you know, like when when everything sucks, as soon as it's over, you sort of forget a little bit about that because the end result is like joy. I would equate it to like maybe it's like building a house. Like everybody who builds a house says it's the worst thing in the world, but when it's done and you get the keys, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's done. You kind of forget about the nine months that sucked ass. It's rose colored. So maybe it's like that. Yeah. yeah, maybe where you know you just go, no, being it's great because well, yeah, you feel I, it's such a relief that it's over. I get uh, I don't know. like every day, like different uh, photo memories pop up on my mm-hmm. phone, and every now and then it'll be one of uh, Annette when she was pregnant because we we'd take a picture every week, and it'll be yeah. like. 31 weeks, 32 weeks. So I'd be like, oh, wow, look at that. And I'll show it to her. And she'll and she'll look at it and she'll go, oh, I missed that. But then if I said, yeah, do you want to be pregnant again? No, absolutely not. Yeah, that's, like, you, you, can, that's, you can see the good, but you don't yes. want to go through it again. Isn't that funny? Because we can see that as a yeah. guy. But we still never, even though you yeah, had a front no. row seat, you'll, you'll never really get it. And then that Not immediate as well pressure as me because I'm more empathetic afterwards to immediately love being a mom and immediately love being a parent. And in reality, it's like, that's hard. You were talking about that earlier. How it is hard. So yeah. Six weeks at least of minimal sleep and your body's been completely wrecked. Yeah. So, I remember. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't miss oh. the newborn stage yeah. at Mike, all. Those first six months are tough. Mike Berbiglia um, in his special called the new one, I think it is where he talks about when they had a baby he talked about how, and this was super relatable to me. He said, because the mom has been having the baby and it's growing inside her and there's that natural human nature connection between the two. And he said, I watched as our daughter was born and I saw my wife transform from my wife to a mother right before me. And then here I am in the room. I'm still just Mike, just a guy. Mm-hmm. I want to sit on the couch, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, that is, uh, that's a weird part, especially at first. Cause the baby doesn't need the dude at all. No, no, we're useless. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> if anything, you're like a, a reason to be annoyed. I'm a diaper changer. Yep. We're just there. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No, that I, I distinctly remember the feeling of after Evelyn was born, you know, you're in the hospital for the next day or two or whatever it was. And then we're like, all right, Time to get just discharged. And so Annette's sitting there in the mm-hmm. wheelchair. She's got Evelyn in her arms and they wheel us outside and they're like, see you later. <laughs> I just remember thinking like, what, what, what do we Sterifying. do? What do Sterifying. we do? Okay. I'm never going to drive over 20 miles per hour. And, uh, <laughs> ugh. Ugh. Terrifying.